This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest on the Bigger Picture. I'm Dashran Johan and with me in the studio is Julia Jacobs and Hezreel Ashraf. So our story for today, yesterday a group of activists peacefully gathered outside of parliament to protest the emergency Essential Powers Number no. 2 Ordinance 2021 or simply known as the Fake News Ordinance. So we'll be speaking to one of the protesters about what went down yesterday outside of parliament as well as why this new ordinance is problematic. Yep. And on that note, we're asking you on Twitter through our BFM poll, uh, you know, what do you think can be done to tackle the spread of fake news? Your options are government enacted laws, improved media literacy, or penalties for offenders. You can also uh, send us a tweet as, at BFM Radio or reply to the poll. You can also WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. That's right. So as we just mentioned yesterday on the 14th of March, a coalition of civil society organisations focused on freedom of expression took to the streets to peacefully protest the Emergency Essential Powers Number no. 2 Ordinance 2021. So standing outside the parliament building in a socially distanced formation, <laughs> of course, the group highlighted that false information on critical matters, including COVID-19 and the emergency, should be counted with facts and not Acts. And the group also called for Parliament to reconvene as it stands as a check and balance mechanism for the implementation of any laws. Yes, and as we all know, earlier this year, Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin, with the approval of His Majesty the King, declared a national state of emergency, which was a move, uh, move deemed necessary by the PM to combat COVID-19. So the Prime Minister also stressed that Parliament will not reconvene throughout the emergency period, which is said to be ending in August. However, the declaration was immediately criticised by opposition politicians, activists and many Malaysians as well, as it would uh, present the government with powers to enact certain laws without the necessary check and balances that parliament can provide. Right, and that's what uh, the protest was about, right? Uh, Juliet mentioned the emergency essential powers number two ordinance 2021 and that was issued on uh, March 11th this year. It came into effect on the 12th of March uh, and this was done without uh, public consultation. Uh, the new ordinance makes it a criminal offence to create, pub- to create, publish or disseminate uh, f- quote-unquote fake news right, relating to COVID-19 or the proclamation of uh, the emergency in the country um, or you know people or fail to take down such material upon the government's request. And it also requires that uh, individuals corporations, um, you know, social, social media platforms give the police access to traffic data and quote-unquote uh, computerized data upon request, as well as permits, and it also permits uh, corporate directors and other executives to be held criminally liable for company actions, and it overrides the rules of evidence intended to ensure a fair trial. And um, so, you know, basically, this ordinance, uh, you know, purports to apply to anyone violating any of the uh, terms that I just mentioned. Yeah. And the ordinance also defines fake news as including any news, information, data and reports which is or are wholly or partly false relating to COVID-19 or the emergency proclamation, whether in the form of features, visuals or audio recordings or in any other form capable of suggesting words. Yeah, and many legal experts have criticised the vagueness of the law saying that it easily lends itself to abuse. Now, some have also compared it to the previous fake news 
Women's Law enacted uh, by the Barisan National Government. And this was then later repealed by Pakatan Harapan after they won GE14. And now Linda, uh, Linda Lackdeer, uh, who is the Asia Legal Advisor at Human Rights Watch, she said that, and I quote, it's mystifying why the Malaysian authorities roundly criticised around the world for a now-repealed fake news law hmm. would resurrect this discredited idea. And the new ordinance contains much uh, that was wrong with the old law and will stifle much-needed discussion of the pandemic and how it has been handled by the Malaysian government. Right, and uh, additionally, according to uh, Human Rights Watch, uh, you know, one of the biggest problems uh, with the ordinance is that uh, they've said that it fails to establish standards uh, for determining what's false, raising the risk that it could be used to, um, you know, use, to silence criticism or other speech, um, you know, the government may not uh, like or, you know, doesn't favor. So it also allows criminal punishment without requiring uh, that the person or company disseminating the, uh, you know, quote unquote, false information know that it's actually false. And, uh, Human Rights Watch has said that, you know, this puts at risk those who share, uh, you know, information believing that it might be true. So in in other words, what this means is that if you forward a text message, uh, you know, or WhatsApp with inaccurate COVID-19 news, uh, you know, from a relative, you know, your uncle, your auntie group, you know, you can be charged. Yeah, and this is exactly what the protests um, which took place in front of Parliament yesterday was all about. Mm. So one of the group's spokespersons, activist Jack S.M. Key said, and I'm quoting her here, we think it's time for us to have our trust back in the institution of open debate and democracy in order to pass any laws that infringe on our fundamental freedoms. The ordinance can be used by the executive to basically silence any form of speech. Yes, however, parallel to that, the Communications and Multimedia Minister Saifuddin Abdullah, he's that the ordinance isn't in place to curb media freedom or prevent any parties from criticising the government. And I quote, he said, we will differentiate between criticism of the government and fake news. We want to take action on fake news. So I hope everyone, including politicians, appreciates what we are doing. If they want to criticise the ministers and so on, it's their right. And we must be smart in our answers. So, but that's it, right? In reality, things aren't as straightforward. For example, mm. the de facto law minister, um, Takiyuddin Hassan, he previously said that, the, that claiming that the government sought an emergency declaration because it lost its majority in day one riot is also a violation of the fake news ordinance. And this can be seen as particularly problematic as we, we can't test the strength of the prime minister and his government right now in parliament through a vote of confidence or no confidence since parliament itself isn't allowed to read convene just yet. Yeah, so it seems like there's just a lot to unpack here. You know, so joining us on the line right now to discuss the protest that pl- took place yesterday as well as the fake news ordinance is Nalini Elumalai. Uh, play the, she's the Malaysian program officer with Article 19. Nalini, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Now, uh, you were part of the protest uh, that happened yesterday. Perhaps you can start by telling us what exactly, you know, uh, you all were protesting against. Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, Darshan. So uh, basically, the protests were to stage our concern um, on the fake news ordinance that was enacted uh, or was uh, uh, took effect on the 12th of March on Friday. So it's also the protest is basically to reclaim our space, uh, civic space, uh, and as we come out of the lockdown. So I think it's 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 also uh, it's both you know to to express our concern and our protest against the ordinance and also to reclaim our civic space uh, because we, we've been not on the street for the last one year that I think we need to reclaim back the space that has been shrinking uh, for now. 
And Nalini, what would you say is the problem with the fake news ordinance? There are very a um, lot of problems in that ordinance here, Dashin. The, it's quite problematic in many ways. But I'm just going to put you a uh, uh, very uh, important key points that I, we gather from um, the ordinance. Firstly, the definition of fake news itself in, in, the, in the act, in the ordinance, is overbroad in scope. Yeah? It's making it very incompatible with the requirement of legality for limitations to freedom of expression under the human rights law. The act establishes a, a totalitarian regime of, for policing the truth by the government. You know, it's like government is the only one who will be deciding what is the truth and what is the false. Um, and, and if you see, the penalties for offences under the ordinance are grossly disproportionate. Yeah? Like punishments include like fines up to like 500,000 ringgit and six years uh, prison. And so the possibility for compounding punishment for continuing violations you know, in the uh, in ordinance is, raises further concerns in a time where content can go viral and become difficult, difficult to curtail. Yeah? So that is one. Um, and the ordinance disregards um, or fails to distinguish uh, between content producers and intermediaries such as internet service providers, um, social media platform or third-party commenters on, on news platforms, for example. So any party could receive a 24-hour notice from the police to take down their uh, theirs or a third-party comment, compounding punishment to failure to remove the content. So this further increases the risk of intermediaries engaging in self-censorship. Yeah? And the ordinance limits judicial review. Individuals subject to a court order to remove a content cannot apply to set aside order if it's concerned fake news that is uh, prejudicial or likely to be prejudicial to public order or national security. And it's if the order is obtained by the government. Mm. So it's also a lack of a judicial review on that side. And it also, uh, the ordinance also establishes a vague requirement for the preservation and disclosure of personal data, for example. So under the ordinance, the police or and any authorized person can issue a written notice requiring those in control of communication system to preserve data for an unspecified period of time and to provide the data to the authorities upon request. So it does, that does not specify the nature of the written order or whether there's an effective appeal process to it. So it provides this proportionate fail, uh, penalty to f- if you fail to comply to that. Uh, another one is there's no effective right to remedy as required by the international law. So the ordinance states that the Malaysian government, police and any authorized officer acting under the ordinance in good faith shall be immune from uh, prosecution for all other proceedings, allowing for impunity for those who commit human rights abuses. So all offences established by the ordinance are seizable offences, meaning that police may arrest suspect without a warrant. So the possibility of arbitrary detention without access to remedy is particularly very worrying for, for us. You know, so these are the, some of the main points that I think it's quite worrying uh, under this act because you also need to understand this is from the previous act, uh, 2018 Anti-Fake News Act, that was abolished by the previous government, Pakatan Harapanya. Uh, but they, you know, it's just like a, a copy paste from the previous act, and then they just added a couple of new things that, that I was highlighting just now, but the data and things like that. Very, very problematic, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and um, I guess you know, did you all face problems at the protests, such as authorities telling you to disperse, or were you allowed to gather and protest peacefully? 
So yesterday was more like um, uh, there was very less uh, police presence, and uh, we, in fact, uh, yes, they asked us what we are doing. We told them, you know, the aim of the protest, and then they said, okay, just give me some details of you, and then you know they say, okay, you can you, you can gather, and then uh, and they just ask like how long you want to stay here, and then we say we're gonna finish soon after we read out our press statement and address the media, and then they were fine. But they they were actually behind. And just watching us, <laughs> and I don't think uh, there was much of problem yesterday. It was quite, it was very peaceful from their end as well. So I, I hope this will continue. Uh, but I think it's, it depends on the situation. Um, if it's more protests are coming up, I think um, let's wait and see their reaction, lah. And that's all. All right. On that note, we do need to go for a very quick break. We are speaking with Nalini Elumalai, the Malaysia Program Officer of Article 19. And we are discussing the protest that took place in front of Parliament yesterday, uh, which relates to the new fake news ordinance. We'll be back with more on the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Dashran Johan and in the studio with me is Julia Jacobs and Hezreel Ashraf. And on the line with us is Nalini Elumalai, the Malaysia Program Officer of Article 19. And we are talking about the Emergency Essential Powers Number no. 2 Ordinance 2021, uh, which is more commonly known as the Fake News Ordinance. Right, and we're asking you on, uh, on our Twitter poll, you know, what you think can be done to tackle the spread of fake news. Your options are government-enacted laws, improved media literacy, and penalties for offenders. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio or send us uh, messages over at WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. Now, before the break, we talked about the protests that took uh, place yesterday outside of Parliament against this uh, new emergency ordinance, and now we want to you know, discuss better ways to curb the spread of fake news um, and, and go beyond just, you know, implementing uh, laws and, or uh, you know, government-enacted uh, laws and ordinances. Now, now Nalina, thanks thanks for staying on the line with us. We know that spray, uh, spreading fake news, misinformation or disinformation is bad, particularly during times of crisis like this. Uh, I mean, we've seen plenty of news recently circulated by anti-vaxxers trying to convince people not to get vaccinated. Uh, you know, and all sorts of things. W- with this in mind, some might ask, why then is it wrong to invoke a fake news ordinance to try and curb the spread of disinformation? I think um, I have a different uh, view on that. So mm-hmm. the spreading misinformation, disinformation, um, cause serious concerns around the world, not just in Malaysia. Um, and yes, there is, a, there is a genuine concern that, you know, this can um, uh, affect the, the any uh, initiative uh, taken by government or any other stakeholders, um, you know, in giving information about COVID-19. But in my opinion, this government has been countering misinformation since the pandemic started, since last year. And, you know, yes, they, they uh, we have genuine concerns about the law that they used um, to curb or to counter the uh, fake misinformation, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic last year. But then that also so shows that we have enough provisions and laws to deal with that issues, and we don't need a new law or new ordinance to do so. So they are they already have a mechanism already. So why you need to have another ordinance who which has more restrictions? So so that brings me a questions to the intention of the government to enact this uh, fake news ordinance is very questionable. You know, at this point of time, and our position remains that censorship or criminalization of speech shouldn't be the way forward in uh, addressing misinformation. Yeah, The government's reliance on fake uh, fake news ordinance at this point of view is quite worrying. 
And these provisions are framed very broadly and open the door to arbitrary application by the authority. It gives lots of power to the police. The government appears to be relying primarily on criminal proceedings to pin the spread of misinformation. And for us, we believe that criminal measures or any custodial sentence should be the last resort. For, you know, and it, it has to be used for more serious and dangerous form of speech. But it's not, it shouldn't be the only measure. So we have different kind of, we can use different kind of measures to, to counter misinformation. You know, but the government is already doing it with like sabananya.com, you know, providing more facts and things like that. So when you already have a mechanism, why you need to resort into more criminalization? So that's the questions, you know. And Alini, you mentioned misinformation and disinformation. What is the difference between the two? Okay, so I think the misinformation is basically um, any information or spreading any false uh, information. Sometimes, you, you know, you don't know whether it's a, it's, a, it's a fake or it's a false or it's a truth, you know. So people just spreading without the intention to cause anything, right? Whereas the disinformation, there's a, there's a specific intention to cause harm or to cause uh, any hostile environment. So there's a propaganda that's being initiated against something or somebody or group of people. So there's, a, there's an element of like, there's one, yes, people are spreading something, but you don't know. For example, when I say um, there's a party will be supposed to be at eight o'clock, but then you send SMS to your friend say, oh, the party is nine o'clock. <laughs> you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a false information. But it, your intention is not to create uh, the false uh, news, right? But it's just that you don't know. You don't have enough information or you're not aware of the information you're spreading around. But this information is something that, you know, intentionally being done towards certain people or, uh, or, or a propaganda against certain people or certain communities or individuals. So there's a difference in that, yeah. And anything involving freedom of expression is a very gray area, you know, and it must be judged on a case-by-case basis. Um, despite the danger of misinformation or disinformation, uh, any restriction on the dissemination uh, of supposedly false information must comply with the requi- requirements of legality, uh, legitimacy, and necessity and proportionality. So Article 19, we suggest that uh, criminal sanction must be the last resort and is only proportionate in relation to the most severe forms of hate speech-related crimes, so such as discriminatory hater that constitute incitement on, of violence. So I think, um, as I said earlier, you know, uh, there are a few other ways that we can deal with the, uh, uh, hate, um, the spreading of misinformation and not necessarily that resort into disinformation, uh, uh, sorry, resort into criminal uh, measures. But if there's a genuine disinformation cases, uh, there's genuinely there are people being targeted because of this uh, news and uh, 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 informations, then it's a serious concern and the government should interfere and do something about it. But again, you know, we have to go back to the legality, uh, the proportionality and necessary and, and legitimate aim of the limitations as well. So everything has as as a standard and we have to follow that. You know, we, sh- we shouldn't just resort into criminalization as, as the way to, to curb the spreading of misinformation or disinformation. Okay, and then, so, instead of implementing the fake news ordinance or similar acts of, of that of that of sort, right, what should the government do in light of the surge of fake news, whether it's COVID-19 or otherwise? Mm. So I think while it is important for authorities to prevent the spread of disinformation or misinformation um, and ensure that accurate information about the COVID-19, there are steps that government of Malaysia could take to tackle 
these issues yeah, and that are less threatening to free speech. Um, so they could invest in public awareness campaigns about the pandemic and uh, COVID-19, and it could adopt a longer term, uh, term measures such as promoting media and digital literacy, incorporating the subject into school curriculums and engaging with relevant civil society actors. Um, as I said, is a good example of positive measure that can be taken to counter misinformation. However, I would like to stress on the importance of a wide flow information here. There should be a full transparency um, about the spread of the virus and mechanism to share the accurate information uh, by supporting fact-checking uh, initiative. Um, you know, so uh, and also the current situation shouldn't stop the prime minister or, or the government um, to follow through with more robust and transparent public education campaigns awareness program. And they shouldn't just rely uh, re solely on social media. So they have to go out and educate and provide more information to people. So that's one way, um, you know, we could uh, counter this uh, false information. And most importantly, we need to have more conversation with each other and our differences. A lot of misinformation involved negative stereotypes that we should recognize that, uh, you know, instead of perpetuating it. So education on Internet literacy and hygiene has become increasingly important, and especially when everything has been forced uh, online. So um, we, once we have the skills to check our facts responsibly, we should enjoy the fullness of the internet from, you know, uh, from uh, jokes that to offensive ones, as long as they don't harm or advocate any harm against anybody. So I think there are a few ways that we can do this. Um, and as I said, most importantly, it should be a robust uh, public awareness uh, by the government, you know, and how we can actually avoid the false information is, is you know, solely depend on how we want to do this not just rely on social media or you know your official twitter accounts but it is, it 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 need a lot of efforts by everybody to do that Okay, and Communications and Multimedia Minister Datuk Saifuddin Abdullah had previously urged critics to not, quote-unquote, overstretch provisions of the ordinance beyond COVID-19 and the emergency. And he also insisted authorities will differentiate between criticism of the government and fake news. How would you respond to this? I think just by referring to your previous questions and also the, in, the intention of the ordinance and also the statement by the um, communication minister, it, it is hard to trust the authorities that has been censoring every alternate narrative to Diaz. You know? So, I mean, this government has been um, arresting and, and uh, investigating every criticism of the government and, and, and they've been clamped down on um, all this uh, expression throughout one year. And we uh, recently, uh, in our report that we released, we have documented 66 cases that open under um, Communication and Multimedia Act, you know, so Sedition Act. And some of it are critical of government and how they conducted um, uh, or how they deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, police investigations and threats of heavy sentences, um, for me, uh, should not be the solution. And I think... Um, I think the government must be aware that criticism is of the government or any uh, public officials is actually part of democracy. You know, it's part of check and balance processes that we all believe in. We as a civil society, we as a people who, you know, who is um, basically, you know, the citizen of this, we all have the right to, you know, critical of any uh, policies of government uh, that we think is not in favor of, uh, of people and things like that. So I think 
that should be allowed and i think i don't know how they want to differentiate when they are clamping down on us on everything that we say about them and they should tolerate more uh, criticism than anybody else you know they are in power and they should tolerate more than a common ordinary per- persons and i just want to say that um uh, darshan that there was no action taken uh, for example you know when we are talking about uh, um critical of uh, um government and 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 they say that they won't come after us i i don't think um i don't think uh, there is something that i want to trust at the moment because they the you know the the law minister statement itself saying that you know if anybody say anything but a proclamation or you know saying that this government didn't have power or didn't have numbers it's also fake news so i it, it appears to me that it it just um, a lip service but i really want to see whether they really following what they are saying at the moment that they will differentiate between false news and also critical of government so let's wait and see about that i guess all right on that note thank you so much for joining us today nalini that was nalini elumalai the malaysia program officer at article 19 and she was sharing her thoughts on the emergency uh, essential powers number no. 2 ordinance 2021 or uh, more commonly known as the fake news ordinance and we were also um, discussing the protest that took place in front of parliament yesterday yep and on uh, on twitter we've been asking you what you think can be done to tackle the spread of fake news and uh, looking at the results right now 2.7% of you say uh it should be through government enacted laws 11.6% say there should be penalties for of uh, offenders and 85.6% uh the majority of people say uh you know improve media literacy mm-hmm. and you know uh, from the comments you know um it it seems that some people agree uh, fendi of night for instance saying that improving media literacy is critical but people also need to be objective uh because you know people might be biased and you know uh the fact that people are biased cuts across all um social classes and and backgrounds um we've also got a message uh, from moan drama saying you know please define fake news uh, opinions are sometimes called fake news when they they aren't news right individual members uh, of the public are not news agencies and we've also got a message from sc ku saying that uh all malaysians should be educated in critical thinking and we shouldn't take you know everything uh, at face value um yeah so it seems that there there's a few uh, i i think the agreement tends to be that you know people should be allowed to think critically and and you know make that judgment for themselves um you know if if you want to keep sending your your thoughts to us you can tweet us at bfm radio you can also send uh, your messages uh, via whatsapp at 0187898899 that's right unfortunately that's all the time we have for today's show you can if uh, look us up uh, via uh, bfm the bigger picture on facebook if you like to get in touch with uh, either of us you can go to facebook and look us up there if you missed any part of the show you can download the podcast we at bfm.my/thedailydigest you can also find us on the BFM FM app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or pretty much wherever we get your podcasts from. Coming up at 3 p.m. on Earth Matters, Juliet will be sticking around to talk about the 10 golden rules for reforestation. Ooh. Yes, that's right. <laughs> A complete change of uh, pace there. Yeah. Um, so I'll be talking to Dr. Paul Smith, who is the Secretary General of the Botanic Gardens Conservation International. So mm. um, together with um, the Royal Botanic Gardens of Kew, they came up with um, these 10 rules, 10 golden rules yeah. for reforestation. Because cool. basically, you know, everyone says, let's just plant trees, right? Yeah, that's right. going to solve our yeah. climate crisis. But what this study shows is you have to plant the right tree 
at the right time, no. at the right place. You know, it's not as easy as just so planting plant. a tree in front yeah. of your house may not necessarily. I mean, yeah. you know, it, all, all <laughs> tree planting is good, but you know, when we're doing these mega projects, mm. you know, these huge reforestation projects, um, you can't just plant any single right. tree. It oh, shouldn't wow. be like monocultures, which is something that you know yeah. we are seeing a lot of here. We need in diversity, right? Exactly. So we're going to be talking about that. And uh, of course, you know, I guess the main theme here will be that we shouldn't be cutting down our forests at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that's coming up at three. So uh, stick around for that. Yes. So that, uh, as Juliet mentioned, will be at three o'clock or more accurately after the 3 p.m. news at 3.05. Um, but that's all the time we have for today's show. So once again, I'm Dashan Johan alongside Julia Jacobs and Hezri Lashraf. And this has been the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.